Good morning. Welcome to this edition of the Richard Urban Show. I'm your host, Richard Urban, coming to you from Stork Harpersbury, West Virginia. And today we're very happy on the show to have Mr. Charles Sheedy. He's running for governor on the Republican ticket here in West Virginia. So please go ahead and introduce yourself. Say anything you'd like to say about yourself or your family in introduction. All right, thank you very much, sir, for having me on today. Uh, my name is Charles Robert Sheedy Sr. I am candidate for Republican candidate for the governor of West Virginia. I am a lifelong Republican. I'm not a party switcher. Uh, my staff includes my wife, who's my campaign manager, and our public relations official, which is our golden retriever, Susie. Uh, you may have seen us traveling around the state. We travel around the state in our camper trailer. And that enables us to be in touch with the people and get to know a lot of other, you know, a lot of other travelers out there on the road also. Uh, we tend to stay at private campgrounds that uh, keeps us in connection with the small business owners of these, of these properties also. Uh, I embrace term limits, lower taxes, and definitely want uh, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-God. So if you think that government is small now, it needs to be smaller. Uh, we have been at this now for over a year and a half, just about two years now. I decided to run in October of 2018. Uh, I'm not accepting corporate contributions or endorsements of any type. I feel that those lead to corruption. I am not a businessman or a politician. I'm a retired working man. Uh, I'm a retired combat veteran. I served with US Army, US Army Reserves, and West Virginia Army National Guard, and retired from there in 2013 as a Master Sergeant E8, 19 Delta. That's Cavalry Scout. I'm also retired from West Virginia Department of Highways. I worked there for 30 years, and I have very intimate knowledge of state government and how things work, not the way they're supposed to, but the way that they do work. So do you have any questions of me, Mr. Urban? Well, yeah, so I was going to say, I think you've already did cover your main um, three points there, or three things that you know, you're emphasizing in your campaign. I mean, you mentioned several things. Do you want to like emphasize perhaps the three that are most important and dear to you? Uh, definitely term limits, smaller government, and lower taxes. Okay. So I guess then, you know, um, one of the issues that's being discussed is the, the business and inventory tax and the personal property tax. So what would you do about those issues? The, the, the business and inventory tax, that does nothing but hurt our small businesses. I realize that it helps our county governments, but at the same time, it is killing small business. Right now with this coronavirus, uh, small businesses are, are hurting very badly. Some of the small businesses are gonna go under some of them may try to come back. Uh, I see some of them not even attempting to come back because what happens if we get hit with a second wave of this coronavirus? Then 
they're going to be in just as bad a shape, if not worse, than they already are. Uh, these people that own their own small businesses, my stepdaughter and her husband out of Morgantown, they own Creek Roofing and Siding, uh, which is a small business. They are hurting tremendously. They have building payments they have to make. They have inventory taxes that they have to pay. And while all this stuff is just sitting there, they can't do anything with it. Uh, the inventory tax, the, 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 the equipment and inventory tax needs to go away. That has done nothing over the years but hurt business opportunities in West Virginia. The personal property taxes, that needs to go away. Why do you keep paying property taxes on your vehicles year after year after year after year? We are being taxed to death. Personal income tax in the state. You did not ask about that, sir, but I'm going to tell you about that one. West Virginia pays the highest personal income tax of any neighboring state. And people that are making $18,000 a year, they're paying the highest percentage of 6%. They are paying the highest percentage. The federal government lists $18,800 as poverty level. Right. These people are under the poverty level and they're paying the maximum amount of personal income tax, which that is definitely wrong. Mm -hmm. So too, um, would you, uh, you mentioned reducing the size of government or, so when we remove these taxes, which sounds like a good idea to me, then will we like reduce the size of government or would you have more like sales or use taxes or none of the above? You know what I mean? How would you, how would we balance the budget? De definitely cut the, the size of government. Government is so overregulated right now with this coronavirus updates coming out daily. You've got four governmental regulation, regulatory uh, organizations that are fighting over how to reopen everything. They can't decide on how to open things back up. And this is from lack of leadership at the executive level. Uh, there's just so many people in charge, DHHR, Homeland Security, National Guard, everybody's involved. Everybody wants to have their input into everything reopening back up. And it's just a quagmire and stagnant mess in Charleston right now of trying to get everything open back up. If I had been in charge, I would not have done all these executive orders. I would have got on and recommended people use common sense, give the guidelines, and shutting the businesses down, that, that, that has just hurt everything so bad. And what I'm afraid of right now, too, is, is in the near future, they're going to say, well, now we have to raise your taxes because we lost all this revenue during the shutdown. Whose fault was it we were shut down? It was the governor's executive decision that was shut down. Yeah. I don't believe he has the authority to do that under the Constitution. That right. needs revisited also to curb these situations. Yeah, I'm wondering if the, um, I was looking at some of the regulations in the West Virginia, or the, what do you say? Yeah, the West Virginia Constitution. And it seems like a lot of, like you said, a lot of the constitutional issues have been uh, violated. Of course, the West Virginia and the US Constitution. And I'm wondering if the, um, in some states, I noticed at least the, the legislature is reviewing the things and challenged, and like they're able to get the courts to stop 
all the things in Wisconsin. But that doesn't seem to be happening here. The legislature seems to be taking or having a minimal role. Uh, I guess, is it by design or they're not aggressive enough? Or maybe we need to review the laws so that this doesn't happen again? What do you think? I don't think it's because they're not being interested or, or just being said. We only have a part-time legislature, which is a good thing. That's a good thing that we only have a part-time legislature. But at the same time, the only one that can call special session on the legislature right now is the governor. Why would he want to do that and create more of a mess? Well, right now you need more of a mess. You need somebody. You don't need an individual with the ultimate control that, that the governor currently has. So, yes, the Constitution definitely needs to be revisited and amendments made to that so that the legislature can not necessarily meet in Charleston, but do like the state of Alaska does. The state of Alaska's capital is in Juneau, and Juneau is landlocked. So any way in and out of there is by airplane or boat. There are no roads in or out of Juneau. So their legislature can meet electronically, like we are doing right now. They, they can meet at a distance electronically. That is something that needs looked at in West Virginia also. That way you're going to eliminate a lot of the excessive payments for legislators to travel back and forth to Charleston and have to find somewhere to stay while they're down there. It's, it needs done. We need to update our constitution to the 21st century. That's right. We're a good six hours drive from there over here, at least. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Um, I was wondering, yeah, so there's been a lot of these constitutional issues. I'm also wondering what your opinion is on the statewide issue. I've been working with the issue of the forced vaccinations, meaning, you know, in West Virginia, we have no no vaccinations, no school. Do you think that's the right policy or should we have a choice of like what's injected into our bodies, or our children's bodies? What's your opinion on that? I think everybody needs the choice. You need the choice to be able to decide what you want done and how you want it done. I am very skeptical of any virus being injected into me now, especially with the advent of microchips. Uh, I think they could implant a microchip in you without your knowledge. And where where is your freedom then? You have none. It's gone. Yeah, the, uh, that's interesting. Uh, it's, you know, I was just reading about that recently. The technology is advancing. We don't really know. And in fact, there are studies that are showing, and it's well known that uh, vaccines do contain, contain contaminants like the um, simian or simian monkey virus from the polio vaccine. That's a fact. So yeah, there's so many questions about that. And it's very, very uh, concerning issue. And just that West Virginia has been behind the loop in that or whatever you want to call it and the fact that you know we don't have even any exemptions for uh vaccinations and there are not no safety studies done to show whether there's relatively more effective or more fatal so yeah that's a very concerning issue and the governor hasn't taken any leadership at all on that unfortunately no he had he had not no, no leadership at all from the executive branch. And that, that is where it needs to come from. For a lot of these issues, you need leadership from the executive branch. And it is 
been totally absent for the last three, almost four years. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, and the constitutional, like the overreach now, it's just, it's it seems to be like random, you know, saying, you know, oh, there's 20 cases or 25 cases, this is a hot spot. And then they're saying, oh, oops, we forgot to consider the population. It's, and I was reading on your Facebook, like about the idea, really we're gonna have to have like immunity ultimately or herd immunity. So the whole policy does, it doesn't make any sense, you know? I don't think, what do you think? No, it, no, it, no. No, it, no, it does not. It, it, it makes no sense at all whatsoever. Uh, I'm of the age where, where I remember plainly the, 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 uh, uh, the Hong Kong flu that went, back, went through back in the 60s and my mother at the time dragging me to the doctor's office to get, to get a flu shot. And I didn't like shots then. I was, I was younger. I didn't like shots. I didn't want a shot. Well, guess what? I ended up with it anyway. I never got the Hong Kong flu, but I, I, I truly believe that in my area right here, in our small area of Marshall County, I believe that this actually went through here back in January and February. Uh, I'm very I'm affiliated with the, with the Boy Scouts of America, and we had our Cub Scout meetings that were almost non-attended because the school attendance, we picked the boys up at school, and they walk go across the street over to the Legion Auxiliary Building, and when we when we go there, like I say, we pick them up at school. So we know, you know, we work with the school with school local school uh, quite closely with with this and the, the the children and everything else. So you know what the schools going through, and the schools were almost fifty percent absentee rate back at that time. And a lot of the kids were being tested for common flu. Well, they didn't have flu, but they had the dry cough. They had a fever for a day or two. It, it happened was all here, the too. symptoms of it. So, yeah. And we think a lot of it, I think myself even, I had it uh, after West Virginia Legislation Day. I was down in Charleston. When I came back, I wasn't feeling that good. And I know the incubation period, so I don't know that I got it there, but I think that I had it because I had to dry cough and that went on for almost three weeks that it, that it lasted. But he used common sense and okay, I got, I, I'm sick, so I'm not going out of the house, contaminate everybody else and you know, then I might run into. So you self-isolate yourself, you utilize common sense. And that's what this whole situation in my opinion needed was issuance of common sense, not issuance of, of executive orders right. that and I think, are unconstitutional to begin with. Yeah, and a lot of it is just like cover your, your rear end, you know, the gov I think the governor is kind of guy, you know, he doesn't want anybody saying, oh, Mr. You know, Mr. Justice, somebody died because he was, oh, no, we can't have that. You know, he's not a leader. He's not using common sense. It's, and he's causing so much damage. I agree with you on that. You know, how are these businesses going to recover? Like you say, some may never recover. And also, we got to make sure this doesn't happen in the fall. So, uh, you know, I guess, well, the legislature, like you said, has to meet by the governor's calling. But anyway, definitely that needs to be dealt with, that this shouldn't happen again. 
I would. I want very to ask definitely, you. very definitely needs help. Yeah. Now we know on the Republican side, there's several. You know, several is about six or seven candidates for um, governor. How do you like differentiate or compare yourself? Meaning, well, just that. Like, what's unique about your um, platform compared to others? Uh, number one, I'm I'm not a party switcher. I'm a lifelong Republican, so I didn't just wake up one morning and decide, oh, I think I represent the Republican Party more than the Democrat Party, so I'm going to switch parties. Uh, I, I've never done that. I've always been uh, pro-life, pro-God, pro-gun. Uh, I just can't see taking people's rights and throwing them away, and you'll, you'll never get them back. And that's where the Democrats are headed right now. Uh, of course, Joe Manchin describes himself as a West Virginia Democrat. Well, there's no such thing as a West Virginia Democrat. I'm sorry. He's aligned himself with Nancy Pelosi. He aligned himself with, with Obama. He aligned himself with Clinton. Uh, took them all around the state. So there's no such thing as a West Virginia Democrat. You're either a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, so that being said, I, I, I'm very strong on term limits. I believe that term limits uh, lead to the inroad or the inroads of corruption along with endorsements. Endorsements may not be a money paid, but it is still a commitment that, okay, we we backed you, we told our constituents and and our members to vote for you, so now you owe us this. Well, that in itself is a is an inroad for corruption. That is why I'm not accepting any endorsements. I'm not seeking any endorsements. I'm not taking out of state money. I'm only taking money from residents. Uh, and I'm not asking them for money right now. Not until I get through the primary. If I can't get through the primary on my own, then I don't want everybody else and their brother backing me. And my, my, my Facebook page says it, you know, I'm out here to work for the office. I'm not out here to buy title. It, it, it's, it's that simple. Uh, like I said, endorsements and out-of-state contributions and just buying billboards and putting signs up, that's not me. Um, I'm not in commercial, TV commercials, that's not me. I'm not out to buy anything. I'm, I'm out here to work for the office. Okay, that, that's, a, that's a fair assessment, you know, def definitely. Um, yeah, well, I think you've given uh, voters a clear idea of, you know, where you're, um, you know, coming from on, on the important issues like First Amendment, Second Amendment, constitutional rights, and, um, yeah, ter term limits, endorsements. So, yeah, just to kind of, like, basically conclude, would you like to share um, anything else with the viewers, uh, you know, about yourself or your campaign? Uh Check me out on Facebook. I don't have a web page, but check me out on Facebook. I have two different pages there. I have West Virginia, or uh, excuse me, I have, uh, Charles Robert Sheedy, and then I have Charles Robert Sheedy, senior Republican candidate for governor. On that page, there's a section down on the right-hand side that gives you a little bit of information about me. And if you read through that, uh, then if you have any questions, 
ask me because I answer my own questions. I don't have a staff member answer questions for me. I answer all my own questions. Okay, well, good. I'm sure that um, the viewers can find you there and I hope they take the time to listen to these different interviews and, you know, make, make the best choice on June 9th. And also we'll be, you know, electing other officials like three Supreme Court justices, so that's huge. Okay, so I am your host, Richard Irwin. I come from historic Harper's Ferry. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next time.